This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, Episode 296, The Survivor's Checklist, What to Do When Your Loved One Passes. Traditional financial planning is no longer working. And in the new normal economy, your host, certified financial planner Mark Willis, invites you to join us as we engage the new and improved steps for establishing financial sanity. Be curious, be stable, be sane. This is Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your economy, and your future. Hey guys, what is even better than a five-star review on this podcast? Well, it's actually sharing it with a friend. More people find podcasts because friends recommend it than any other way. So hit that share button in your podcast app and send this episode to a friend right now. Let us know you did, and we'll send you a copy of our favorite book, Free of Charge. Hey everybody, welcome to this week's episode. Hey, what if I told you you had a rich uncle you knew nothing about who had left you some sizable cash, some money? Would you know what to do? Would you know how to find out how to get that cash? If that's all you knew, that you were the heir of some sizable estate, what would you do next? How would you find out who to call? What companies were holding your cash for you? How would you collect this wonderful gift? According to a survey by Consumer Reports, one out of every 600 life insurance policies remain unclaimed with an average benefit of over $2,000. This means that unclaimed life insurance money has a cumulative worth of billions of dollars that is not going to the right people, to the right beneficiaries. Let's not make this your story or your family's story. We're going to go into full detective mode here today on today's episode and see how we can find all your unclaimed money. So first, if you don't know if you're the beneficiary of a death benefit, there are a few useful tools out there that you can use to search for the policy that you might be owed money on. You can look through, for example, the deceased's own paperwork, their address book, their filing cabinet. Find out if they had any life insurance policies in their name. Another way to find out if you're the beneficiary of a life insurance policy is by reviewing their income tax returns of the deceased for the past two years and check for any interest income or expenses they might be receiving. If there's interest income or expenses, it might mean that they're receiving um, distributions from a brokerage account or maybe some uh, money coming from a bank account. So definitely check out their bank statements as well to see if there were any premium payments that were showing up on their transaction history. For example, if you see something that says life insurance company, um, ABC Life Insurance, and there's a premium going to that insurance company, you can bet you might be able to chase down that company, call up the company where he or she was paying premiums. You can also try to find out whether or not you're the named beneficiary on the insurance policy by simply calling up the insurance company itself. You can request information from the National Association of Insurance Commissioners You can go to their life insurance policy locator service tool about whether or not you are a beneficiary on a life insurance policy. All these are tools that are available to anybody. Whether or not you had a relationship with your uncle or with the insurance company does not matter. If you're the beneficiary, the insurance company is legally obligated to pay you that death benefit. If the life insurance company has really worked hard to reach out to you as the beneficiary, but they weren't able to find you or could not reach you for some reason, they'll start reaching out to the contingent beneficiary 
that may be listed on the application of this great uncle of yours. So a contingent beneficiary is simply somebody who is listed by the owner of the policy, your uncle in this hypothetical world. And the contingent would be your backup. Say, you know, uh, you were not able to be reached or if you had passed away, for example, the contingent beneficiary would be the one who would receive the cash. So it's always a good idea to have your contingent beneficiary on your applications when you're the one applying for life insurance to just simply have a backup uh, so that we ensure that your life insurance death benefit does not go to your own estate. And that means things get a little messy in the probate process. That's what happens if no beneficiaries come forward to claim the money. So this one out of 600 life insurance death benefits don't just go you know, back to the coffers of the greedy insurance company. Of course not. It gets paid out to somebody. And in this case, if no one else is going to take the money, it eventually gets paid out to the deceased's estate. As it goes through the estate process, it'll go through probate court. And a judge will then decide where the money goes. It can get taxed. It can be given to creditors to cover any debts, credit card bills, student loans, that sort of thing that you may have left behind. So don't leave your life insurance policy without a beneficiary attached. So to avoid your great uncle's gift going through probate and possibly giving some of the money that you're owed to a credit card or a car loan he may have had, instead of what he wanted to do was to give that money to you, you'll want to find out for sure who has your money. Here's a few more tips. The federal government doesn't have a central website for finding unclaimed money, but you don't need to hire a you know, sleuth or a detective to find this unclaimed money for you. You can typically find it on your own for free using official databases out there. You can search for your state, whatever state you live in, the comptroller's website to see if there's any unclaimed funds. From there, Usually, each state allows for you to discover which accounts might be still open with you as the beneficiary. Typically, there is an unclaimed property office within each state. This is sort of like your own state's lost and found, essentially. There are even multi-state databases where you can perform a search using your name, your social maybe, uh, especially if this is helpful if you've maybe moved to another state uh, in the last few years. There's a long list of different assets that may have been left in your name. For example, what about unpaid wages from your family member who's passed away? That's got to go somewhere. That last paycheck is going to go to you or somebody in your family, possibly. What about VA veterans benefits, possibly being paid out to your family who's recently passed away? There's actually a database of unclaimed insurance funds, which is a great tool for those who may have had service members in the family pass away. In addition, the IRS may owe money in the form of a tax refund that was unclaimed or undelivered uh, to your family member who passed away. Imagine that, guys. The IRS is happy to take your tax payment right when it's due, but they're often so slow to pay you a tax refund, you might die before you get it. And don't forget to look for your uncle's state tax refund as well. All right. In addition, what about those old savings bonds your uncle may have opened in your name years ago? Go to treasuryhunt.gov to find matured savings bonds that may have stopped earning any interest. Did your uncle have any stocks or brokerage accounts maybe he wanted to leave you? Well, the SEC Claims Funds is your one-stop shop to find out where your money is, where the stocks might be. Of course, you can also contact the brokerage firm directly and see if there's an account that's been left in your name. Now, guys, of course, all this presupposes 
that your uncle has passed away. But if your great uncle is still with us, or you believe you may be the beneficiary of something for your parents or other family members, what can you do to broach the topic, if you know what I mean? How do you find out if you are your parents or uncle's beneficiary? There's a simple way to do this, and there's a right way to ask. Now, guys, everybody's relationship with their parents and with money is going to be unique. But there are several tips that I can give as I've seen this work out well and not so well over the years. Most of the time, adult children are rightly hesitant to talk to their aging parents about their life insurance because of the awkward topic of mom and dad passing away. But candidly, by not talking about it while your parents are still alive, you're facing a lot of financial stress and heartache that you're going to be dealing with should your parents pass away before you have this conversation. So just ask your parents when a good time would be to talk about something you consider important. That's it. Hey mom, hey dad, I've got something important to ask you. When would be a good time for us to have a 30-minute conversation? Letting them know that you'd like to schedule a time to talk about it, letting them know that it's an important topic for you will help you and help them treat the conversation with the respect it deserves. No one wants to think about their death just when they're trying to get the groceries in the door or lick that ice cream cone. But if you can put it on the calendar, if you can have a sit-down discussion, it can actually be a really positive experience for everybody. When you're in the conversation, you can simply explain to your parents that you're trying to get your financial affairs in order and that you want to make sure that you're aware of any policies that you might be the beneficiary of. Also, You knowing about the insurance policy that your parents may have on their own life should anything happen to them, for example, if they're in need of serious medical attention and they cannot pay their own premiums, you can be the one to step in and serve, take care of any ongoing premiums due, or accessing cash values or chronic illness riders to give them the medical care that mom and dad deserve. The main thing to remember in this conversation, to make this conversation a positive success, is to keep it focused on you and make it about you caring for them and for your love for your parents. The whole conversation could be done in about 15 minutes, 30 minutes. It could save you months of stress and thousands of dollars in legal bills. So what if the worst has just happened and your loved one has passed away? Beyond mourning the loss of your loved one and the intense emotional processing of something like that, when that happens, There are several steps that a surviving family member like yourself can take immediately after a loved one passes away that's going to bring you a lot of peace and dignity to the whole experience. In fact, we've prepared a completed survivor's checklist for every client that we work with, and we send it out to every client, and we ask them to include that checklist in their life insurance policy folder that we send them. This makes sure that the surviving family has something clean and clear that they can work on as they process the loss of you, the family member that they love so much. In fact, I remember when my mom passed away in 2017, my brother and I were caught up in the emotional whirlwind of our mom's final days on earth. We wanted her back more than anything. And at the same time, there was so much demanded of us as the surviving sons and family members of our mom. We had decisions to make like you would not believe. Everything from arranging the obituary notice 
speaking to the funeral home, picking out cemeteries, contacting her employer, friends, relatives, advisors. It was all pretty overwhelming. Having this survivor's checklist helped us think carefully about all the things we needed to do, all the parties that needed to be contacted, all the arrangements that needed to be made. We made this checklist available for you now if you go to notyouraveragefinancialpodcast.com and look at the show notes of this episode, episode 296. And in the show notes of this episode, you'll find out how to download this one-pager PDF. It's a quick summary of a few of the important things that you might want to do. I'm going to go over a few of those now, but again, get the checklist for the entire list to take care of. First, within just a day or two of your loved one passing away, you can begin working on getting their affairs in order. You'll want to ask the hospital for several copies, maybe 12 copies of the certified death certificate. Typically around 12 is enough. You help close out their accounts with these certified death certificates. You'll also want to check filing cabinets and safety deposit boxes to see if there was any burial insurance policies, cemetery locations, wishes that you know your loved one may have had. You want to contact the funeral home and also make cremation or burial arrangements at that time. Oftentimes, the funeral home will want you to assign the death benefit over to them, but I don't typically recommend that you do that. The funeral home does this. They ask you to assign the life insurance over to them because they want to make sure that they are paid that death benefit before it gets spent on other things. Go figure. That probably happens a lot. Of course, we want them to be paid as well. It's typically better, however, if you can manage it to let the death benefit be paid directly to you instead of assigning that death benefit over to the funeral home. It just makes sure that the money goes directly to you and is in your hands in a timely manner, and you can write the check to the funeral home to cover all the needed expenses. Within the first week or two after someone's passing, you'll also want to contact the Social Security Administration, the Veteran Administration, the Department of Health Services, if they were receiving Medicaid, and of course, all the insurance companies where the deceased had policies. This might include life insurance, but it might also include medical insurance, disability insurance, homeowner's insurance, auto insurance, all of that. Life insurance death benefits are paid out usually within about a week or two of receiving the certified death certificate that you got from the hospital. So just think about that for a moment. Usually death benefits can be a giant chunk of cash. Isn't it amazing that life insurance companies are that liquid, that financially solvent, that they could cut a check for, let's say, half a million dollars or even a million dollars or more within a week or two of receiving the certified death certificate? If you ever found yourself in the fortunate position to have that much money in a savings account at your regular bank, see what happens if you try to withdraw all that money from your bank account. Watch how the bankers squirm and try to delay you. One client I know had about a million dollars in his bank, and for fun, sort of for fun, he tried to see what it would be like to take it all out of the bank as a withdrawal. The bank literally closed for business that day for the entire day. It took him almost a month before he could get his money out. And according to mybanktracker.com, banks don't often have much cash on hand. Contrary to the image they present the, uh, to the neighborhood, a million-dollar withdrawal may be a bigger sum than your bank branch even has on site. So you may be required to wait a week or two or longer to retrieve your money. However, the amount of time it takes to withdraw a large amount of cash from a bank account can vary from bank to bank and what amount you want to withdraw. So depending on how much cash you want, the bank will need a few days at least to transport the money 
And this also shocked me. Your bank is allowed to ask you why you want the money. And if you don't explain why you need such an unusually large amount of cash, they can deny you your own withdrawal for your own bank. Anyway, getting off topic there, but I just had to share that. Anyway, we will reach out to all the life insurance companies to begin the process of receiving the death benefits. And they'll send it to you in about a week or two with no questions asked. In addition to the death benefit, don't forget to make sure that any unused premiums are also sent back to you as well. That's money that's owed to you. Any unused premium will come back to you as a part of the death benefit check you should receive. In addition to life insurance, you're also going to want to reach out to their retirement account benefit plans, their 401ks, their IRAs, reach out to their pension company if they had one for any undue payments that were due to them. Canceling recurring bills, closing out social media and other online accounts is another important step in just making sure there's no ongoing obligations for your family member. This is where having access to their passwords will be super crucial and why I encourage every client I work with to establish an I love you folder, which I'm going to talk more about in a minute. But involved in the I love you folder is a list of passwords or a place where your beneficiaries can access your list of passwords. If you're the beneficiary and you don't have access to all these passwords, it's going to be a lot more difficult to get into all these accounts, not just bank accounts and so forth, but also online accounts. Facebook, that sort of thing. Okay, so usually within about three to six months of a loved one passing away, you can typically start the probate process. The probate process typically includes filing a petition with the probate court requesting that the will of your loved one, the deceased, is to be probated. You'll also want to issue bond to protect the executor, which is likely you in this case, from any claims made against you for fraudulent activity. Next, you're going to notify all the creditors of your loved one's passing. Let them know that this person has passed away. You'll want to then take inventory of all the assets and all the liabilities of the deceased, pay estate taxes due, if if any, and finally ask the court for a final distribution of the estate, whatever's left, to be paid out to beneficiaries. If the beneficiary passing away had a very small or no estate, you can usually avoid probate courts. There's a way to do this through a fast form of probate that the deceased may have just had little or no assets to their name. In that case, a person with a small or no estate, and if there's no disagreement among the surviving relatives, it might be a simple form that you fill out and fax to your county clerk's office, uh, and the clerk probate court will take care of it. Okay, if you've been multitasking, come on back. I know this can be a little overwhelming, and that's kind of the point of our episode. You can really imagine having to deal with all this alone, along with all the emotional processing and grief of losing a loved one. All this is partly why folks don't want to talk about death. In fact, much like a root canal, it's unpleasant in the moment, but it's made worse if we never deal with it. So there are a couple of ways that you can love your family to make this process so much easier. One simple step is you can create an I love you folder. An I love you folder is a simple manila folder that you might keep in your filing drawer at the very front so your family will find it quickly or place it right next to your life insurance policies in your filing cabinet. Here are just a few of the documents I suggest you leave to your beneficiaries so that they can access your account information and make the process of helping close out your accounts that much easier when you pass away. For example, make sure that you include sources of all your income, where your assets are held, 401ks, IRAs, pensions, etc., Social Security, Medicare information, all that, life insurance premiums, 
including the company, the account or policy number, and all the listed beneficiaries. Don't forget about bank accounts and bank numbers. And, you know, beyond the financial stuff, don't forget to include any wishes that you would have for your funeral or burial. What songs or poems do you want read at the funeral? Do you want a disco ball party or more of a somber worship service? What about any special items you want to leave to particular family members? Your favorite teddy bear or a painting? Taking 15 minutes to write some of this out will save your family a lot of heartache and possible arguments. I've even seen family members ripped apart from each other over things as simple as that. And maybe most importantly, in the I Love You folder, write a letter to your closest loved ones. This does not need to be a profound, earth-shattering letter. It could be as simple as a few sentences. It could be as simple as a final goodbye. But it leaves an incredible lasting impression on your family to find something like that was waiting for them as a sort of smile and a wink from you. By the way, if you need help writing this letter, reach out to me and my team and we can help start the first draft with you. I don't know of too many financial planners who will do something like this, but we are certainly prepared and ready not just for your life, but for serving the multiple generations with your legacy that you're leaving for them. And this includes financial things, but it also includes emotional and spiritual tools and strategies as well. So a lot to consider today. I know that it can be overwhelming, but having a partner like me or one of my colleagues can help make the process actually fun and exciting. Find out for yourself, what can you do this week to make sure that your family is better off than when you found them? Thank you for joining us for this week's episode of Not Your Average Financial Podcast, helping you think different about your money, your legacy, and your future. This has been another episode of the Not Your Average Financial Podcast. To join the financial revolution and start thinking different about money, go to www.nyafinancialpodcast.com and click Request a Meeting. The topics presented in this podcast are for general information only and not for the purposes of providing legal, accounting, or investment advice. On such matters, please consult a professional who knows your specific situation.